You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. All right, it's uh, Mike, and we're back with another episode of the FinFans Podcast. Today with me, I've got Louis Ragoni. Hey, Dolphins. Welcome to the offseason. Welcome to the offseason. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be as long as I feel like it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like... It seems like forever already. I mean, we're a week removed, right? It's funny. My goodness. I miss it. I missed it horribly this weekend, not seeing our football team out there and watching other teams in the playoffs once again. But you kind of felt like we were better than a couple of those teams. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at them and you're like, wow, we could have did a little bit better job than uh, Pittsburgh, for example. Yeah. You know, in that first half, they came back and they made they made somewhat of uh, I don't even know. I mean, they they really didn't come back, actually. They they got back into the game at times, but gave it right back. Their defense looked horrible. It, it, it was yeah, it was a weird game. Chicago's offense was just anemic. Their defense played great, and um, they yep. just, you know, they had one side of the football. Looked like us out there to some extent, uh-huh. right, watching that game. Uh-huh. <laughs> no knock on our offense, obviously, but, you know, or not obvious. To that. But the point of the matter is, is that as you're watching them, we're comparable to these teams now. A you know, couple of them, we're yes. Right th- yes, we're right there with them, and um, we can compete against anybody. And we just have to get a little bit more talent. And, and that's the bottom line. You know, as you look um, look across these teams that are in the playoffs, they all have marquee stars, you know, especially on the offensive side. Um, well, we have, we have Devontae Parker, right? And we have Mike Kosicki. Right. And that's, where, <laughs> and that's where it ends. That's it, right. That's where it begins and ends for the most part. You know, you look at these other teams that are in the playoffs and just the amount of star power they have. And, you know, look at Green Bay. Look at New Orleans, who scored 21 points. They've got Kamara, Mike Thomas, Drew Brees. They've got a really good tight end and Cook. They've got players all over the place. And, um, you know, they're just loaded. And they struggled a little bit. You know, you look at our offense and we, we don't have guys that match up. We just don't. So... Obviously, well, that's why we're where we are. You know, we're, we're on the cusp, but we're not quite there. We're not quite there. We got there on one side of the football. We got to get there on the other side of the football. Absolutely. So, you know, the big the big news this week was the uh, report that Deshaun Watson would be welcome to a, a trade here. And uh, that sparked a lot of conversation. You know, a lot of people uh, are, in, you know, are for trading for him. But uh, the question I have is at what cost? You know, what cost is it okay to trade for this quarterback? Because you're really setting your rebuild back in other areas, and you have to be willing to make that trade off. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, ton of money. I don't know how it works in football, Mike. I'm very, I'm not knowledgeable. I know in baseball, the team that does trade a player can eat some of the contract. I don't know how that works in football. Well, it, it's similar in the sense that the um, 
team that owns him, the Texans, would be responsible for his signing bonus, which I think, in his case, is like $5 million. Okay. So uh, next year, his cap figure is is roughly $15 million, and the Texans would eat $5 million of that. But beyond that, they have no responsibility. And uh, in the following years, his, his cap figure really, really jumps up to, you know, in the $30 contract million contract escalates. Range. Yep, yep, yep. It's expensive yep. from that point on. You know, you'd have to be willing to do that. You'd obviously have to be willing to uh, trade some picks their way, and those are those are picks that uh, we can desperately use. So you've you've got to make that decision. Yeah, and the and the question becomes: Are we close? Okay, um, a year ago, I would have said there's no way in hell I'm doing that. This year, with the way the defense played and um, some of the young guys that developed on that side of the football. The fact that you've got some veteran guys on the defensive side. I mean, X-Man and some of these guys are getting up there. You know, so you've got to look at it. Well, he's, at, he's, he's a whole nother conversation, Lewis. He's, he's come out. He, he fired his agent. He got a new agent. And uh, David Cantor is his new agent. And okay. uh, we've had some experience with David Cantor. He uh, represented Olivier Vernon and uh, a few other guys that have left us. Right. So well, let, let's let's tackle that in a second. Let's yep. get back to this whole thing. But if if in fact X Man does stay and he does get re-signed, which which they should definitely do, you know, you've got guys that are on this team that are veteran football players. If you bring a guy like Watson in, it escalates the speed of where your offense is going to be in regard to next season. Right off the bat, you've got a guy that's got experience, you got a guy that has proven himself in the NFL, and it speeds up our offense in regard to making them a decent football team on that side. The Dolphins a decent football team on that side of the football. Now, you can draft. I mean, you don't, you don't want to mortgage your whole draft, so you keep a few of your draft picks and you surround them with a couple of playmakers, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a really, really good offense there. But again, you know, as an organization, they have to weigh it out and see, do we want this right now? Do we want to spend another season in developing Tua and see where we're at then? And, um, you know, th- that's, a, that's a decision they have to make. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't like his attitude to some extent. I never like a player that dictates to an organization what, what he wants and then cries about it when he's making the kind of money that uh, he is making. You know, he he doesn't agree with their decisions, and he goes out in the public and he does that. Now, to me, I, I understand it to some extent, but you know what? Be vocal on the inside. Don't bring it to the press. I don't like that type of stuff at all. I think that if you have issues with your organization, you take it up with them over the telephone. Or in meetings. I mean, that's what it's all about. This organization gave you a humongous contract, right? You're obligated to that contract. You're the Um, face of the franchise. You're the face of the franchise at this point. Have they made questionable decisions? Absolutely. And the guy that made those questionable decisions is now gone. But I'm not going to sit there as an owner or, you know, the management in that organization and have a player dictate to me what he wants done. You know, it's it's up to us, you know, to make those decisions. And, you know, I don't like that type of attitude. So I'm not sure I really want him on this, you know, on this team because I think Flores has a really good uh, environment here right now. 
You don't want guys that are going to come in and be cancers to the football team. Now, I'm not saying he is. I don't know what type of individual he is, but I just don't like the fact that this has gone out and it's in the public right now. Well, and, I got, uh, in his defense, and, and I tend to agree with you, but in his defense, he has been an upstanding player. You know, He's been a good representative of the team up until now. Uh, I think the problem is he was promised something that didn't exactly happen. And that's what set him off because he was told he would have some say in the process and he didn't. And uh, the guy, you know, he wanted them to interview uh, out in Kansas City. They never interviewed. So it set him off. And that's uh, the enemy I'm talking about. Right. The B enemy who's actually yeah. a really good coordinator. He's under a really good head coach. So yeah. the question always becomes, is it, is it Belichick or is it, uh, you know, the coaches underneath him, right? Right. None of them other than Flores has really proven to be be that good. So Biennemi, you know, that's a whole different situation. I understand where you're coming from. If that's in fact the case, then I totally get it. If you promise a guy something and you don't do it, then that's it. You know, but that I still, organization I still think seems- what you said is true. You take it up behind closed doors. You don't bring it out to the media and, and cause, a, you know, a commotion, you know, a commotion. Exactly. I think he's forcing their hand, Mike. Yeah, of course. Um, and, um, you know what, that, that could be a, a big, big positive for us because I will tell you this, there's not an organization in the NFL right now that has what we have to offer them, period. Um, we've got a young quarterback, right? that we can possibly give up in the trade. And we've got an endless amount of draft picks that other teams cannot offer them. They just can't. Now, the Jets, they could do it. They can offer them Darnold, and they can give them that top draft pick. But they need a hell of a lot more than Deshaun Watson. So is that a very smart move for them, seeing where they are in comparison to where we are? My point is this, is that we can afford to give up a couple of draft picks. And my this is my opinion, okay? We've got four early draft picks this year, and we've got a young quarterback. Um, I don't think there's another team, as I said, in the NFL that can offer them as much as we can. So we have, we, we have an opportunity to do this if, in fact, it keeps going in that way. And um, Watson... I think would be extremely happy to play for the Dolphins and Flores. And well, um, he said that, <laughs> right? Oh, did he? He came out and yeah. said that. Okay, he said he would welcome a trade to the Dolphins. No. That well, there you have it. So the question becomes, and I'm never overly concerned about the money, Mike, because somehow, some kind of way, they can maybe rework it put him in a position, somehow they can find a way to make that work. And I understand it's going to strap us to some extent, okay? Absolutely, but, um, it will. What's now, that? Not so much this year, but in, in but future going years. Forward. Yes. Exactly, going forward. And and our main concern is right now, we were, uh, we were right there. We were competing for a playoff spot. So now does this take us to the next level if we pick this guy up? And in my opinion, it absolutely does. But uh, again, as you said at the beginning, at what cost? I mean, you can't, you can't just give away this whole draft. You just can't do it because we have holes all over the place. Well, that's the point, Lou. You and, know, it, it really depends on what their asking price is. If it's reasonable, then you can do it. But if it's not reasonable, and it probably won't be because this guy's in his prime, he's 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those guys don't, <laughs> you don't see them on the trade market very often. So 
you truly don't. But Mike, even if we give up a little bit, it's more than what anybody else can give up. And that's where we have nice bargaining. We have a lot of bargaining chips that other teams can offer. And we we just don't have to go over the top because even if we give them just a little piece of what we have, it's still more than any other team in the NFL has to offer as far as I'm concerned. They're just not in a position like we are. Well, that may be true. That may be true. But like I said, I don't see them being a team that's going to say, okay, give us give us number 18 and give us a second round pick and we're happy. I don't think that's going to be no, the case. No, I think they're going to want Tua. Yeah, and I think they're going to well. want more than that, but we'll see. They're going to want Tua and they're going to want draft picks. There's no question about yeah. it. Now, let me ask you this. Are you willing to give up Tua the number three and the second round pick for him? No, I'm not. You're I'm not. not willing to give them a number three, a number five, and plus. <laughs> right. Because that's getting, essentially and what you're doing. Too. Yep. Because you still have an 18, and if you give them the later pick in the second round, you still got an early second round pick. I mean, I'm- At number three, you're talking about giving them an elite player. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, we need elite players. We're, mm-hmm. we're not in a position to be giving them away. And I understand that you're getting one back in Watson. I get that. Uh, but uh, that's not something I'm looking to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they'll go back and forth with this. I really they think probably the, will. I really think the Dolphins are going to explore this thing because, as you just mentioned, you don't get a guy of that talent out there, you know, for trade that often. I mean, it's it's that simple. And this guy is a talent. He's a good football player, a very good football. And player. And I'll be honest with you, Lou. I don't think it ever makes that. I think Houston finds a way to make him happy, and they move on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Mike. That team is just, they got to go in the rebuild mode. And yeah, I mean, he'll still be in his prime maybe five years from now, whatever the case may be. But uh, boy, they need everything. Their defense is bad. Their offensive players are, 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 are leaving in free agency. Their running backs are getting up there in age. Uh, they, they have problems all over the place, that team. So if a team offers them a young quarterback and some young draft picks, because keep in mind, Mike, they don't have a number one or a number two draft pick this year. Oh, I know that. We have theirs. We have it. We yeah. have them. So I think the Dolphins are going to explore it. You know, maybe they say, listen, you know, we'll give you a number one next year. Not this year's draft, but next year. I don't know, but I think they are going to explore it. That's my personal opinion once again. I think you almost have to. It's a very intriguing situation. It really is. Um, Is it the right thing to do? It just depends, again, going back to how much you're going to have to give up to get him and how volatile the situation is between him and the organization. Well, right I mean, now, he, right now it's volatile. It's you know? volatile, exactly. And you know, the Texans are going to be like, "Man, this guy, he doesn't want to be here." You know, we got to figure something out here. Um, and uh, you know, the Dolphins have the better bargaining position, in my opinion, right now. But we'll see how things develop. Exactly. Um, it it is intriguing, though. There's no doubt. Well, you know, you you, you saw last night uh, the championship game, and you saw a player like uh, Devonta Smith, and that's the kind of talent you can pick up with that number three draft pick. Mm-hmm. What did you think of his performance last night? <laughs> what what more can you say? I mean, three touchdowns and over two hundred yards receiving against one of the better teams in in college football. Uh, the guy's a player. I mean, he's another very small guy. <laughs> 
He's really small. He's six one, but he's light. Yeah, he's a hundred and six seventy. They said I think he's hundred and seventy pounds. Mike, I swear to God, I don't think he's more than hundred and fifty five pounds. Looking at him, but he is a player. I mean, he is a football player. Um, at number three, I mean, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just don't know. A lot of tough options. Uh, you know, you got the lineman if he's there, uh, Sewell and. Uh, you know, they're going to have decisions to make there, assuming they keep that pick. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see which way they go. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the future. But uh, Smith sure looked good last night. And you, you can't help but dream a little bit, you know, what he, what he would uh, look like in our uniform. And uh, opposite maybe Parker and uh, with Tua throwing to him, it, it could be pretty exciting. Absolutely. Um, Sewell is just – we didn't get to see him play this year, but uh... – I mean, he's, you know, he's a rock, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at a position that you definitely, I mean, it makes our offensive line just so much better. You know, you move Jackson over to the other side and, you know, we'll talk about this in a later show, but I mean, it is, I, I don't know how you pass up on a guy like that if he's there. Now, if the Jets take him and you're looking at quarterbacks and and guys like that, that are going to be drafted you got to look at the rest of the draft in between what you're doing at number three and what you're doing at number 18 and you got to somewhat project or think about who's going to still be there at 18 right you look at teams needs in between us and from four to 17 and you say well this team will probably draft a quarterback this team will probably draft a defensive end so on and so forth and then you weigh out what you want to do at number three because they can come back and get a wide receiver, maybe not to his level, but a number one type wide receiver, even at number 18 there. Uh, there's supposedly six that are just over the top. Um, so we'll see. You yeah. know, we'll see. We'll see how it all unfolds. But Mike, those offensive linemen like Sewell, they don't come around that often. I mean, the wide receivers. I mean, there's some really good free agent wide receivers out there too, by the way, you know, that uh-huh. are going to be on the market this year. Um, but those offensive linemen, you know how difficult they are to pry away from football teams. I mean, once you get a guy like that, you don't usually see them on the market. They sign them to a contract and they're there. That's right. And this is that type of football player. So, Well, a great left tackle is a cornerstone of your franchise, you know. Yes. And- it's just, just the way it works. Those are guys you don't let go if you can help it. Exactly. And, um, you know, as much as I'd love to see a guy like him on the football team, um, you know, I think you almost, if Sewell's there, the Jets don't take him. I mean, you almost have to take him. Yeah. Uh, we got we got a lot of time to talk about it. But, uh, you know, in my immediate thoughts are, I agree with you, uh, but damn, I'm tempted with Spice Smith. You know, <laughs> you, you like the shiny too, you know. Yeah, but uh, we have to run the ball and be able to run the ball, and right now we can't. So that that kind of makes me lean towards the linemen as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to have to find an offensive coordinator because uh, uh, right now we don't have one. And uh, some of the names out there are Doug Peterson. We all remember him. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of surprised he got fired, but uh, that team was struggling. So, you know, the head coach is going to take the fall. Another guy that took the fall not too long ago was Anthony Lynn, and he's out there. Pep Hamilton is a guy that's na- name is brought up. He was uh, Herbert's quarterback coach this year. 
Doug Marone is another guy that, uh, you know, was brought up. And all these guys have uh, recently been fired, you know, from one job or another. Right. You know, so they, they've got to find somebody, and I don't know who in that group would be the most attractive to them. Maybe Peterson, but, you know, is that something he'd be interested in? You know, that we'd have to find out. Yeah, I mean, Peterson has a history with us, but I'm not a fan of his, Mike, at yeah. all. I'm really yeah, not. He's more, he's a running guy. He's not so much a passing guy. Well, not only that, but takes a lot of chances and, um, you know, just silly moves. Fourth downs constantly. Yep. You know, two point conversions constantly. The whole, the whole thing he did the other night in regard to that giant game, I will forever not want to see him <laughs> as far, you know, I mean, that was just ridiculous what he did in that game. I mean, I swear he just threw it. And I don't know if he has a personal vendetta against the Giants, whatever the case may be, but you don't take a young quarterback out and put in a guy that's, you know, been in the league for five, six years to and and use the excuse as to, well, I wanted to see what we could get out of him. Uh-huh. Right in the right in the middle of that football game, and you've got another team that's on the verge of making the playoffs if in fact you know, the Eagles win that game. I mean, it, it was just, he's been questioned about it over and over again. And it's horseshit as far as, you know, what it did. There was something personal there. I don't know what it was, but I don't want that type of guy around here. I just, I don't like him, period. I don't like him. I, I like Lynn. I think Lynn with the Chargers, um, you know, I, I mean, they lost games over and over again by just a few points. A lot of the times they lost games over the last few years because their field goal kicker yep. couldn't get points through the up, you know, kicks through the upright. So I like Lynn. I think that he's done a really good job regardless of who the quarterback is over there in San Diego. And their offense has always been pretty solid. So why not? You know, I like him the best out of that group. But um you know, we'll see. Well, you know, we'll see how that all unfolds. Yeah, you know, they could very well take somebody from the college ranks as well. You know, who knows what, what Flores is thinking there. Exactly. And, you, you know, regardless of who comes in, Mike, we have to get playmakers. It doesn't make a difference as yep. to who's calling the plays. Well, I, we I think have you, you have to find a guy who has some experience developing quarterbacks because regardless of, of who you take, they're going to need to be able to help too, assuming he's the guy we stay with. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so beyond the coordinators, uh, the, the guy that's going to be in the spotlight the rest of this offseason is going to be Chris Greer. And uh, you had some thoughts that you wanted to express on Greer. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's under the microscope this year, without a doubt. I mean, he's got a lot of pressure on him because they have to start getting some guys on both sides of the football that are going to change football games and make right. plays out there. We and talk about it all the time. We talk about it consistently. And, you know, we'll go back to this this past draft and, um, you know, you look at what they were trying to do, okay? They, they, they basically signed a lot of draft picks. I mean, a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the football, a couple on the offensive side. They solidified the defense there, um, you know, by signing the corner. You know, you had X-Man there. You signed two defensive ends. You had some nice players. You signed Van Oy to a big contract at linebacker, so you addressed that. And, and in the draft, you know, you come back and you draft a tackle, you draft a quarterback, and then you go in the complete opposite direction with your third pick. And if he would have just stood offense and, you know, just concentrated on that side of the football, 
the players that we could have had, you had Hilaire on the board, you had Swift on the board, you had T. Higgins, you had Jonathan Taylor, you had Claypool, you had Akers, you had D.K. Dobbins. Now, if it, as I mentioned in the last podcast, if one of those guys is there, I get it. But when you have six or seven guys of that talent on the board and you you take a pick like we did with our third draft pick, it's got to be questioned. There's no question about it. And, of course, you're, you're referring to Noah Igbenogany. Of course, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's questionable. I mean, the Jackson draft pick, he's a rookie. He's young. You know, Tua's young. But, you know, hindsight, <laughs> you know, you look at this thing in hindsight, Mike, and you had an opportunity. Think about this for a minute. You had an opportunity to have Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and one of those running backs on your team in the first round. Now, what would teams be saying about us if we, in fact, did we went that route? Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and say Jonathan Taylor, right? You're looking at three of the best young offensive players in football, and you look at that draft and you say, my God, they hit a home run at every turn. And like I said, you know, hindsight is hindsight. You know I mean? We can sit there and we can uh, diagnose this thing and go back and forth a million different ways. But the point of the matter is, is that right now it's not looking as good as it could have been in a lot of ways. And we won't, what we'll give Tua and and um, Jackson the benefit of the doubt. They were rookies. They pretty much started the uh, half a season for Tua. Pretty much every game minus the injury, you know, the injured games that Jackson was out of. But you know, when you look at this talent that they passed up on in different situations, you know, it, it makes it difficult. You know, you 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 got to concern yourself with it. And you know, we can go back and. Um, you know, look at last year's draft, you know, Wilkins. Well, before I, we before we do, Lewis, I think, you've, I think you've got to mention some other players. You've got to mention Robert Hunt. You've got to mention Raekwon Davis, mm-hmm. uh, Solomon Kinley, Brandon Jones. You know, these are guys that came in and, and got significant minutes, and I thought for the most part, you know, did well. Uh, Kinley needs some work, but, uh, you know, I mean, he didn't embarrass himself. No, he did uh, not. I mean, right. they had some decent draft picks. Uh, in the middle rounds, you know, Uh Jones, Jones was solid. He got on the field quite a bit. I think Kinley will be a very, very good football player. I'm more concerned with the guys that we have to hit on in those first rounds. And, um, you know, going back to last year, um, Wilkins, you know, if you compare him to what the guy in New York is doing, Mike, at the same position, I mean, I didn't, how, how many sacks did Wilkins have this season? It wasn't an awful lot, and no, I didn't. I don't, I don't think he had many. He didn't have many, and um, I didn't see a ton of improvement from last year to this year. I think that he was kind of on par with what he did, and you always expect a jump in season two. I didn't see it. I mean, I don't know how Dolphin fans feel out there in regard to his play. I think he played solid football, but he didn't do anything that takes you to a you know that says, "Hey, wow." we really hit a home run with this guy. He just, you know, he just didn't do much more than he did in his rookie season. I didn't see a major improvement in him. Now, did you? I think it's tough to gauge defensive tackles, you know, unless they're an Aaron Donald. You know, he he's visible every game because he he gets to the quarterback. He, he you know, makes the splash plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's probably the best defender in football. 
Now, Wilkins is, to me, a steady defensive tackle. He's, he's not great, uh, but he's not bad. And uh, I think with a little bit of development, they're going to have a new defensive line coach this coming year. Maybe that'll help him. Hey, guys, this is Mike again, uh, breaking in for a second just to ask a favor of you. We would like to request that you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and rate the show. Uh, let us know how we're doing. We'd very much appreciate it. Thank you. And fins up. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we'll go a step further in last year's draft. Um, you know, we trade for Rosen, a mistake. You know, we draft Dieter. And right. and behind Dieter, <laughs> you're not going to like this. Behind Dieter, you had A.J. Brown, who was still on the board, and D.K. Metcalf. And both of those guys are just two of the top receivers in football. And it's, an, it's been a need for us. And you pass up that situation for a guy that in his second season was playing behind a lot of rookies and did not get a lot of playing time at all unless there was an injury on the board. So you look at these early draft picks and they have to be questioned. Now, he did hit on Van Ginkle, um, Isaiah Prince, not so much Chandler Cox. You know, nope. we were excited about him where they drafted him. Um, uh, he was just released not too long ago. He was just released. And, you know, and you look at they it. They also drafted Miles Gaskin, who's, who's done a pretty good who's job. Who's done a pretty solid job. Gaskins was a very, very solid football player. But the bottom line is, is what I'm getting at is that you, we've had opportunities. The reason our offense is where they are is because we continue to miss on on some of these playmaker type of football players, and they were on the board for us. They were there for the taking. Um, you know, you go back to 2018, it was a pretty solid draft. You know, you had Minka, who we traded. He's a good, solid football player. Gasicki has developed. Baker has been solid. Smythe has been very good for us as well. So that, that wasn't that bad a draft in 2018. And Jason Sanders in the seventh round. Yep, Jason Sanders, absolutely solid. But then go back to 17, and you look at Charles Harris when you had T.J. Watt and Buda Baker on the board, and you take Charles Harris, major mistake. I mean, set us back. I mean, this defense with Watt or Buda Baker on it would just be absolutely phenomenal. You come back in the second round, and you draft McMillan. You had Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon on the board. Again, two outstanding offensive football players. Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in football right now. And Mixon is really a solid running back as well. Very, very good. Let's go to the third round in 2017, Mike. And you, and you draft Tankersley. And on the board, you still had Juju Schuster, a guy named Kamara who plays for the Saints, and Cooper Cup. So you see what I'm getting at here. Um, you know, some of the draft picks, and those three guys in 17 were just, I mean, all three of them, just horrible draft picks where you had opportunities. I mean, imagine T.J. Watt and Dalvin Cook or Camaro or Juju Sh any of those guys on your football team right now. So, you know, as I went back and I started looking at our drafts, Greer absolutely has to hit it out of the park this year because it, it's been really, really bad. And it's not through the first round. It's not through it, – it's through the second and third rounds as well. And 
we'd be in a lot better position with just maybe one or two of these guys on our football team instead of the guys that we drafted. So, you know, and th- these are later rounds as well. You know, the yeah, 17 you know, draft really set us back quite a bit. It, it was did. Asiata was a horrible pick. Um, you and know, got I mean, you know, just, Taylor and, and uh, Isaiah Ford. Yeah, then you had right. You had Vincent Taylor and Isaiah Ford, and our and our punter, I believe, came out of that draft as well. Late, right? Oh no, he was free agent. Yeah, he was a free agent pickup. So you know, it is what it is. You're not going to hit on every pick. Now you can go back to any draft and say, "Oh man, we could have had him instead of him." You know, and and you know, you can do that with everybody. You know, I just think that's you know, mm-hmm. that's an exercise that's only going to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it pissed me off, Mike. I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> let me tell you, as I went back and, you know, you see three guys on the board that would just be incredible players for your offense. You know, the Tankersley pick is just, you know, you look you at it. You don't think the like, Patriots yeah. can do the same thing with their draft or the Steelers or any of those teams? You know, obviously they pick Schuster, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these teams can go through the draft and say, I wish we took him instead of him. You know, that's just the way it goes. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. You mentioned the Steelers, and um, I don't know who's in charge of their scouting department, Mike, but I will tell you this. They do a phenomenal job on both sides of the football getting football players there. They do. Um, That's why they stay on top or close to on top. Yeah. Look look at their receiving core right now. I mean, they literally have four guys on their roster, and I would love any one of the four. And then you look on the defensive side with guys like Dupree and Watt, and it, it's just endless. You know, they they have guys that that just are playmakers on both sides of the football, and that's exactly what we lack. And some of the names that I mentioned, guys like Charles Harris and and McMillan and Tankersley. I mean, you know, it's just frustrating. And you know, I don't want to. Greer's done some some good things. Okay, he's had some decent draft picks, but. As you look at this, there's not a lot of home runs here. There's a lot of doubles, there's a lot of singles, and there's a lot of strikeouts. But there's not a lot of home runs. So he's got to hit a couple of home runs at some point. Once we do that, this organization will go in the right direction. So um, this is a big year for him as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but um, you know, we've got to hit home runs every once in a while. Well, no, I, I, I mean, I do feel that way, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, I just think you can play that game with any franchise, but no, the, the, the you know, like I said, the eyes are going to be looking right at him through this, through this off season, because, uh, we're not going to have this opportunity again. He doesn't have a second chance, so he's got to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's critical that he gets it right. And it's critical that he gets pieces around Tua that's going to help him become the quarterback he needs to be. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. And, and that's assuming we stay that direction as opposed to entertaining the Watson deal. Uh, but I, I think they probably will stay that direction. I think, I think it's kind of soon to give up on Tua unless he just really, really left a bad taste in their mouth. And we won't know that. So, Well, we'll know that come draft, right? If right. They, if they make a move or if they draft another quarterback, we're going to know what their thoughts are right away. Well, they may they may need to draft another quarterback unless they sign one in free agency. We'll have to look at that because obviously they need a backup. Yeah, has Fitz made a decision at all? Have, well, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, we regard. there's been no news as far as that's concerned. Nobody's mm-hmm. saying anything. You um, know, Mike, it, it was funny as I went back real quick, not to cut you off, but you know, you go back, to, you go back to sixteen. 
uh-huh. um, when, you know, when Greer came on as the GM. And it was interesting because when I look back at it, we drafted Tunsil, which was a very good pick. Um, but what was interesting was Lawson and Agba were both drafted behind Tunsil. And they're both <laughs> they're both on our football team now. Right. Lawson Lawson was taken by the Bills, I believe, with the sixth pick in the draft, and Agba with number eighteen. So I thought that was quite interesting, and yeah. um, and he did take X Man in the second round there. You know, so that th- those draft picks have actually helped us quite a bit. If in fact the trade uh, that was a good draft, out. he took tr- he took uh, Drake that draft. He took uh, Jakeem Grant. He took uh, yep. He took Carew, who yep. didn't didn't no, pan yeah, out. Carew didn't um, work out, and neither did the others, uh, Lucas or uh, Dowdy. He did take Grant, Mike, but he passed up on a, a gentleman by the name of Tyreek Hill well, in the process. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was kind of light, and, you know, there were questions about him. Yep, yep, so, absolutely. And so. I'm teasing. You know, you, obviously, you, you, you blew that one. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, a lot of teams did. Yeah, I mean, Tyreek yeah. didn't get drafted until the fifth round, I believe. But, right. um, you know, it was just interesting. That's all when I look back on it, you know, that Lawson and Ogbar were both number ones. Scouting so tough. Yeah, it's so tough. I mean, look at all the trouble that Shula had through his years uh, scouting, you know. Uh, and, you know, he knew football as well as anybody. So, uh, you know, it's just so tough. It's hit or miss. And uh, that's the way it's always been, you know. It's it's hit or miss. But you, you got to hope that the luck is on your side and, and you put as much uh, – effort and uh, concentration into it as you possibly can you know you've got to talk to a lot of people you've got to really figure out who these kids are before you draft them yeah agreed i i think that this draft mike you just draft the best football player on the board okay that's it period if if the tackle's gone and we've got the best linebacker or the best you know outside defensive whatever the case the edge player whatever you draft them Plain and simple. You just take them. If if somebody does, I don't really want to trade down. You get the best linebacker or the best edge player in the nation coming out of college this year, you take him. At 18, if it's a wide receiver that's the best guy on the board, you take him. Second round, same exact thing. You know, I don't want them necessarily drafting for need at this point. I think that they have to get guys that are going to be home runs and they they can't they can't play around with it. I think that the time has come now to where you just take the best guy on the board and you roll with it. That's it. No, what no tends funny. to happen, Lewis? You take the best guy in a position to need. That 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 tends to be what happens. Right, right. I think that the team right now, though, um, you know where they're at. They have to go out, and if it's a linebacker and they feel that, okay, well, we're pretty solid at linebacker, can we get better? Can you get a guy that's absolutely going to be a game changer? Yes, you take him, and you yes. replace the guy. That's it. End the story. Whether And I don't care if it's Baker. It doesn't matter to me who the hell it is. If you're getting a stud, you draft him, and that's all that's to it. No, that, it improves your depth. Yep. They got a hit on that number three if they, in fact, keep that pick. Um, they have to. I mean, they they should get it. Just an incredible football player there, and um, they have to hit on it. Well, that's what we have to hope for, Lewis. <laughs> We've got a while before the draft. First, we have to get through free agency, and yes. that's that's going to be interesting to see how they choose to spend uh, the little bit of money that they have to spend. Yeah, I mean, 
they they do. You know, they have to be. It's it's going to be very very interesting as to what they do in free agency. And that I mean, that'll kind of tell us maybe where they're where they're going to be heading in the draft. Yeah, I mean, last year, um, you know, this year they, they they did a good job. I felt you know Van Noy with the money he got was not worth it. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. He just wasn't worth the money that we threw at him this year. Jones absolutely is worth it. You know, corners, he did a pretty good job all year. He didn't have a season like X-Man did, but I don't think anybody's on, you know, maybe Ramsey is the only other corner that back that's on X-Man's level. But Jones, there are people that were unhappy with Jones, but uh, I, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I think that he allowed them to do things that they couldn't have done without him. Absolutely. And, and all they have to do is go back and look at the games that he was out and see where we're at exactly. when that happens. Okay. You don't, you talk about it all the time. You don't miss a guy until he's gone. Right. And you don't yep. realize how important he is until he's not on the football field. Well, those couple games that he missed, it was a glaring hole on our defense. When Grant wasn't out there returning punts, you saw the same thing. You saw, you know, the guy catching the ball inside the ten yard line and not going anywhere when he literally had time to return it. You know, and those are the things that happens when you put people in positions they're not experienced in. Absolutely. So, with that being said, we all saw know, what happened to Igbenogany when he was thrown out there. You know, he got toasted. You know, so. Yes. You know, you, 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 like you do miss guys and probably more than you think you're going to when they're not there. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it is what it is. We call these guys, you know, bums and they stink and this and that. But when they're out, you realize that maybe they weren't as bad as you thought they were. Uh, a guy that's shown me that over and over and over again is Bobby McCain. Yes, absolutely. Very, 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 very solid football player. Um, He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's but not the strongest, but he he tends to make plays. You know, he makes plays and he's in position. You yeah. know, he's not, he's you don't catch him out of position all that often. My goodness, that one game that he missed a couple of plays, they went right at him. Yep, against Kansas City, and you know they had what a fifty sixty yard pass right down the middle right of the field down the middle of the field. the field. Yep, and uh, you didn't see that the rest of the game. Once he came back in, it got shut down again. So there you have it. Um, You know, Rose actually done a really good job too. He was free agent signing him fits. I mean, last year we didn't sign a lot of guys in free agency. And, you know, Landon Roberts is a guy we took uh, in addition to that. Another solid football. He hit like a truck. (laughs) Yep. And our, you know, our center and our guards. It was a necessity. It was an upgrade. Did they play as well as we would have wanted them to? Absolutely not. But compared to what we had last year, it was an upgrade. And that's what you're going to find on the free agency market. Exactly. And so we go back to how important that tackle could be for our team. These flowers and carrots are the type of guys that you're going to get through free agency. Uh, they're going to be serviceable, but they're not going to be dominant football players because teams are just not going to give up dominant offensive You're lines. You're always getting line. somebody who somebody else didn't want. That's right. That's free agency for whatever reason, whether it was money, whether it was mm-hmm. skill, whether it was he's in decline, whatever it is, he's injury prone. You know, uh, it was somebody that somebody else didn't want. So you don't want to live in free agency for very long. Exactly. This organization has a lot of interesting decisions to make, and the first one starts with Tua. You know, are they going to stick with him or maybe look elsewhere? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like I said, I tend to believe they're going to stick with him. I don't think you can diagnose what a quarterback's going to be after five starts or nine starts, whatever it is he had. And especially in a season like he's been through where, you know, he uh, sat for a while and uh, after rehabbing the hip and uh, just ha- just did not have a fluid season, you know, because of the injury and his rehab and uh, no training camp and all of that. We've been through it. So, you know, I, I think you need to give this kid an off season. I think you need to have him working with the receivers and really help honing their timing and getting that down and uh, learning the offense a little bit more and just, you know, uh, having a normal season. Uh, and I think he'll be better. I don't know how good, but I think he'll be better. Mike, here's the bottom line. I, I want points on the, uh, I want first downs. I want points on the board. If he's going to do it, then great. If he's okay, not, then don't we have to don't we have to get him some players first to be able to tell? I mean, I, look, he wasn't right this year. There, there, I'm not avoiding that. You know, he was not right this year. It was clear he wasn't right this year, and that's where I say he needs the off season and he needs to get into a rhythm. And I, you know, I think he has the ability to do that. I mean, I have seen a lot of his college tape, and I have watched him. Uh, I'm not the type of person to watch every college football game on the television because that drives me nuts, but. Uh, I, I will watch film and, and I do see, you know, what he's been able to do. He's a very, very accurate quarterback. He throws on time and he's usually, you know, uh, anticipates well and, and gets the ball where it needs to be. So, you know, he, he struggled this year and it was clear he was struggling this year. And, but, you know, they get inundated and, uh, you know, the rookies get confused and this and that and the other thing. And, and you know, I think, I really think it, between the injury and the lack of prep, you got what you should have got. You got a kid who just wasn't ready to play. Uh, so we'll see how he looks this year. And if he looks the same, then we got issues. Simple as that. So, What did you uh, think of Fields last night? Uh, I wasn't overly impressed. Not at all. I mean, um, he's not a guy I'd take at that number three or at 18. I, I would have to see more of him, though. You know, I, I don't want to judge a quarterback on one game. Right. I mean, I just don't necessarily like his delivery. I don't like a lot of how he was setting up. There was a lot of interesting things. I mean, he seems a little bit rough on the edges to me yeah. from what I saw last night. Yeah, yeah um, he, he didn't have a very fluid game. Not at all. But so we'll see. anyway, yep, we got a long time to talk about this stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll get into the film a little bit and, and maybe be a little more uh, prepared. Anyway, uh, I think that's going to be it for this week's show, Lewis. Thanks for joining me. Very welcome. And uh, fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 